Hey, can you flesh that out for me? Wow. Tell me a little bit more Swimming about that. in shallow waters. Are you serious? Okay, let's go a little deeper. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. All right, everybody, welcome to the Listen and Speak podcast, where we get into it, not to break someone down, but to build them up. I am super, super excited for my guest today. As you know, I'm Jamal Marshall, helping professionals establish boundaries and maximize their mental wellness. But this is not about me. This is about my guest, JJ Flazanes. Did I say that right? No, but that's okay. <laughs> it's Flazanes. Oh, so I've heard it pronounced different ways, so. All right. It's Wazane's. Uh, so we're going to go with that. Awesome. And I want to actually just introduce her. So she is an author, multiple books. Uh, we have Invisible Fitness Formula, Fit to Love, and we have a classic, Absolute Abs, hmm. an empowerment strategist, working with conscious spiritual truth seekers that want to remove emotional blocks to success, health, business, and life. She's passionate about empowering people with the knowledge and the awareness of how they can live a life of their dreams. JJ, I'm really excited to meet with you. Jamal, I'm excited to have this conversation. Let's just dive right in. What are we going to talk about today? All right. Well, I have a first question. And anybody who's listening to Listen to Speak, they know most common question. What is your favorite genre of music? And how has that influenced your journey of life and how you approach business, both professionally and personally? All right. Well, I'm going to cheat. I have to give you two because they go hand in hand. Um, salsa and reggaeton. <laughs> So I'm a salsera, and but I probably found reggae before I found salsa. Yep, that would be true. Went to Jamaica the first time in 2001. Uh, I mean, I was never really a Bob Marley fan. Not that I've been against Bob Marley, but I'm more of the dance beat, not the like get high beat, beat or the like just chill out beat. So when I heard reggae and danced to it in Jamaica from 2001 to 2005, Oh, that's not true. I heard uh, CNC Music Factory. That was probably what changed it. That was back in 1997, maybe. I heard CNC Music Factory. I was like, what is this? Oh, my God. And um, I felt parts of my body I'd never felt before. I'm a little white girl from Pennsylvania. I was like, man, I've been living in this white world way too long. I'm like, who are these? Who are these people? And uh, from there, I took a, a salsa class or 20 in New York City. Moved to California in 2000, took salsa, started there and just sort of lived it, breathed it for a really long time, taught it. Uh, you know, the African and Latino beats to me and Latina beats, they're more in your body than other music. And I can't do any other dance because there's nothing that doesn't that engages me the same way. You know, when we look at the body and our chakra system. And your power center, your power center, and your sexual is your sexuality. It's your it's your second chakra, and that's where people are super afraid of it. But not you know Latin culture or African culture. That's where like you get to, like you get into it. Like you become who you are. Your creativity, your power, your center, your intuition, your everything. It's like that's right there. And too often we cut it. Like, like how we talk and how we think. And I have a group that I'm taking on a deep dive. And I said to them last night, it was a mic drop moment that I, and I didn't mean it to be. I just, I just speak, I flow. And someone was like, whoa, yeah. Like I was getting like the church praise. I got the hands in the air and I'm like, are we at church right now? And because I said, most people are explaining their feelings, not feeling their feelings. Mm. And because everybody wants to talk about why they feel what they feel versus just feel it. 
And it's a difference between, again, that intellectual headspace, which we need, it's our computer, or, or a body. So the salsa music got me into the sexuality, got me into the receiving, got me as dancing to shut off my brain. I, I have a really fast brain. And I think I just super like, oh, I'm interested and I'm, you got to slow me down. So put me to my body. Salsa music did that. Reggae music does that. Reggae music gets me into the very like base, you know, animalistic, like, I don't know. And you just use your body differently in that kind of music. So I'm, I'm going to say salsa because it's number one, but reggae and reggaeton like in that genre. Wow. This is uh, one of the first times, I can't say the first time, but I would say the second when someone's love of music has influenced the way that they show up in life. Um, I spoke with another coach months back, and she actually is half Ghanaian, half Polish. And she talked a lot about the, the Tolkien drum, the Ashanti beat, and how that influences dance and the way she thinks, the way she approaches this business. So this is like the second time that that's happened. So I really appreciate you fleshing that out. And you talked about church praise. So we're going to go for some church moments in a minute here. But I know long before you were you know, in the space of public speaking and, and building your brand, you had already been in fitness for years. And so when did that journey start when you began to make that transition from fitness to actually more of a holistic wellness standpoint? Well, I started my podcast in 2014 to really test the market. Like I have all this content and the clients I was working with were more just about, you know, diet and weight loss and body image, but more functional. And like I, I got really good at uh, biomechanics and dealing with the intricacies and understanding the sciences to be able to work with anybody with any kind of injury. So I'd get all the injuries. I'd get the person with seven injuries because nobody else knew what to do with them and be able to work through that. So I wasn't getting a lot of super conscious, like in the moment, spirituality, law of attraction, quantum physics, consciousness, you know, psychology. I wasn't really getting a lot of that, but I was in I had learned about law of attraction in 2001 or two, and that's all I wanted to talk about. So even if you were my client, you had to hear about law of attraction too. So even when I was working out with you. So I would say that from 2001-ish to through my marriage and then starting my podcast to save my marriage and test the market at the same time with, I did a six day a week show. My Fit to Love podcast was a six day a week show. And the reason it was six days is because each different day had a different kind of content on it. And I I felt like I needed to lay out all my cards and to just see what would happen and what people wanted to hear about. And and I needed an outlet myself to get it out because I wasn't going to blog. I speak fast. I think fast. Um, blogging is like sticking a needle in my eye. So I was like, I needed an, I was like a backed up hose that needed an outlet. And I was like, I'm going to, and I'm going to talk. I speak, I talk. I've been a singer, I'm an actress. Like this is what I do. So it made perfect sense. Podcasting was the answer. And when, as I did the podcast more and was learning more about relationships and, and the psychology that I already knew and was kind of diving into trying to save my marriage and all that happened, I'd say that, so I started in 2014. By 2018, I did my first live event where I kind of stepped out and said, all right, I'm claiming this space. I am claiming that I am not a, I am not a licensed therapist or psychologist but I'm going to take you through emotional processes that are going to change your life. And I have enough tools to help a lot of people and I don't need the label. And this is who I am. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. And so 2018 was that step out into the world moment. And then uh, probably not too long after that, 20, 
19, 20, 20, I kind of retired as a personal trainer because by that point, I have such a good following of people that want the emotional work and want to dive deep. And when it was funny, from a business perspective, when I started my Fit to Love show, I thought I looked at it again, less in it, but like, and I tried to strategize without testing, where are people going to start with this? Like, who do I, what do I promote? I was giving everybody the fitness and nutrition stuff because I knew my clients wanted that. But I want to talk about the psychology and the relationships and astrology and law of attraction and quantum physics. And that's what I wanted to talk about. So I gave myself the permission to do that. But then I thought, is it really like my first book, my second book, Fit to Love? Well, it's actually the first book. Is that where they start? Are they single? And then they're going to like find that and then do all the rest of things. I didn't really know what the entry point was. And when I decided, my intuition told me about 18 months in, 350 episodes in, they can't find you. You, you. I'm very specific about my information in all those categories. I'm not a generalist. And I learn something and I learn it deeply and intricately. And I'm a strategist. So we're talking about like, this isn't a surface level thing. This is how all the parts and pieces work together and where did it come from and look at it from 15 different points of view. But my the way I alliterated Fit to Love, mo- Movement Mondays, Tasty Tuesdays, Wellness Wednesdays did not indicate my level of expertise, expertise in a way of the things. So I rebranded and took the show and cut it into five different podcasts. One never w- really went out, which is totally fine because now I have a network and that's what the network's called. But I decided I'd put the podcast out separately and just name them what was the content. And then, and honestly, that was a better way to test them anyway, because if someone's subscribed to Fit to Love, I don't know which ones they're listening to and which ones they like and they don't like. But if you take it and put it in different brands and use the same content, well, not the same, but you use the content that went on that day. I put Spirit, Purpose, and Energy out in 2016 in November, maybe late October, early November. And by December, I had people writing to me. Now, mind you, I did put it out with like 20 or some episodes. So it wasn't, you know, 20, 30 episodes. So they had someone found the show and they could binge listen, but I was getting emails instantly like, oh my God, I want more of this. This is changing my life. And I was like, whoa, I've got nothing to sell these people. So uh, then I had to create stuff and I had to create like a free group. And then I did a manifestation challenge literally January of 2017. And then I would run them every couple of months. And then I sort of built my list up for my podcast, but I never had any intention of claiming like expert of law of attraction or quantum physics, it just sort of happened. And then that led into the spiritual piece was the entry point. And then anyone coming in with me there was interested in the health and the fitness and the relationships and the blah, 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 blah. So, um, and not, not across the board still, but that's how I sort of decided I allow life and the universe, if you will, or God and source, whatever, to reflect back to me as I put stuff out into the world because I have been putting a lot, like massive, I have massive amounts of content that I have put out into the world at rapid speed. And I'm now sitting back and letting it do its work. And I'm now just watching and receiving and allowing it to unfold the way it's going to unfold. It started immediately though, but I took that and started running because I had no list. I had no audience of spiritual seekers or conscious people wanting to improve their life and learn how to be happy and were, you know, and do that kind of work. I had no nobody that I could like start that with. So this was a really fun way to attract people from all over the world to have this conversation with me and to sort of start this journey. And that was 2017, 2016. I haven't looked back. Don't do fitness anymore. Definitely have opinions. I uh, can't go to the gym very well because I can't watch people just lift like 
people that don't know what they're doing and no one's helping them. But, but I, I, you know, I put it on the show. I still talk about a lot of alternative medicine and cancer and nutrition and gut health and the whole thing, brain health. So, uh, but I would say 2018 was the coming out and 2020 was a solidified, I'm retiring from personal training and I am now, this is what I do full time. There's a lot of mic drop moments in there that I'd like to go back and, and highlight. And um, we do video spots on here. This is not a full video podcast yet. I wish you guys could see my face. I've like been dying laughing watching JJ's talking because it, it's hilarious. <laughs> Someone who is just back in the space of getting in the gym now. I know well how to watch somebody. It's like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I did want to ask you a question. It's just I find that a lot of times uh, I say our, our misery becomes our ministry. And ministry, and I don't mean that in a super religious form, a sense of ministry means service. This is the platform to which I serve. But the very thing that made me miserable, the very thing that a point of sadness or, as some people say, a Kairos moment. And so I want to pose that question to you uh, as we're moving through. What is that Kairos moment for JJ? The thing that like, okay, this is the problem that I was created to solve. You know, I know you were in fitness, I know you did acting, you did singing, but this these are my people and these are the people that I want to speak to. Something had to happen. What was that? Well, it goes back to just a core wound of not being understood. And not it's not I was seen and heard, but not understood. Like my mother would say to you, Well, we always try we had this conversation recently. Well, we you've we've always tried to, you know, we've never tried to not let you speak about or do what you want to do. I said, I know that. I go, but mom, you don't know me. You don't you don't know me. You know, uh, like you know me when I was growing up and you've watched from afar, but we don't, you don't share that. You don't understand me. And I think what I teach now is all about core wounds, but you know, that to me, core wounds are the entire conversation about why you do anything that you do and why you make any choices that you make. Why do you marry who you marry? Why do you date who you date? Why do you do what you do? And my core wound of never, of always feeling different. You know, what I learned in the last, since I've done that podcast that I have many people reflect back to me was that I'm a leader. And that's not something I had support in. And that's not something anyone in my family is. And that's not something anyone understands. So when you're in a family that doesn't have any other leaders, and even in my like last relationship, I would wonder why it was so hard for me not to take, like, I always kind of take over when I'm in a group. And I don't mean to unless there's someone who's a really strong leader. I'm happy to be a follower. I can be an amazing follower. Tell me what to do. But you got to earn that trust in me that I know that you're leading me in a good path and that I trust you. And if that's not there, then sometimes I kind of, I don't mean to do it. I don't come in and like take over, but it kind of just gradually happens. And people in my family definitely think I'm a bossy, condescending know-it-all. And that doesn't feel very good. It feels really alone to have these thoughts and feelings and want to explore life in this way. And no one else is interested. Like nobody is having these conversations. I was, I was, my mother was Catholic. My father was Orthodox. When they got married, they couldn't get married in the Catholic Church because my dad had to take CCD classes or CED, whatever they're all, to, to convert. But my mom, who didn't work, could convert. So she ended up converting. So I was baptized Greek Orthodox. I don't really practice a form of religion right now. I'm super spiritual. Uh, and I'm happy to go in churches and to be in synagogues and to experience culture absolutely all the time from a very open-hearted position. But I don't necessarily go to a specific church, agape, when we lived closer to Michael um, back with down in LA. But 
when it comes, but I was a kid at 13 years old going to everyone else's churches going, well, why do they drink grape juice and we drink wine? Well, why are they kneeling and we're standing? Why do we, why do we fast and they don't fast? Why do we have 30 days in fasting and they just give up one thing for Lent? Like I asked those questions. I was the one with my priest having the two hour confession because we'd get into a conversation about you know, whatever was on the, you know, I'd talk about like, you know, homosexuality. Why is that wrong? One year it was like, oh my God, it's not right. Then why is it wrong? It's just love. Everybody should love each other. Like I've taken every, and I've taken any big conversation and brought it to whoever was supposed to be my leader and had that conversation. But why I do what I do is, is because I was looking for why am I not, who else is out there having these conversations? Who is interested and who understands on a very deep level an old soul kind of level that, that that if I can have anything in life that I want, as long as I understand how to get it, and there's nothing I cannot be or do or have, and that I'm the creator of my own reality. I just want someone else who understands that, who wants to have these conversations, and then let's go figure it out. <laughs> so that's why I, you know, it's led me through all the things. Why did I want to act? I wanted to have self-expression. I wanted to feel free to explore all of the emotional parts of me. Why did I do personal training? Because I care about my body. Because I see that when you don't take care of your body, what happens in 20 and 30 years? And I don't want to be like that in 20 or 30 years. I want to start now. Why did, you know, why did I do any of this? Because I care about my moment-to-moment experience in life and want to be the happiest, healthiest person I can be. And I know I'm the only one that can control that. Well, she came, she ate, she left no crumbs. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Wow. That's a lot that you just put down there. And it's so much that I want to just unpack from that. But I, I like, just want to go back to the beginning when you talked about just those core wounds, because I think a lot of us typically, I've lived in Washington, D.C. since 89, even though I've worked in the Midwest for eight years after that. I'm originally from L.A. And I've lived in two major cities where people can typically function on autopilot and not know why they're doing what they're doing, or even why they converse and interact and interact the way that they do. That's even part of the work that, that I do with clients. It's just like, well, let's find out the why behind the what so that we can break this cycle and this habitual thing that just continues to happen over and over and over again. And so I really like what you said about the the core wounds and also questioning. A lot of times, especially in, in your generation and my generation, you know, I'm an Xer, so it's like, you don't question anything. Especially with adults or with parents or with families, it's just like well, this is the way it is. And so the fact that you were bold enough to just ask those questions that other people weren't asking uh, really represents to me. I, I call it a high level of consciousness, um, and it's rare because it can be very lonely. It's very lonely, and until you realize that, <clears throat> like I finally, I think that was what I got through to my mom because she wants we're very different soul types, and um, and she wants to correct how I, and she's all about like her love language is definitely words. And so she's very sensitive to words versus I'm, you know, and I got to use words this time in a new way with her to say, to to be able to communicate the loneliness I have of the people that misunderstand me and not because I'm blaming you. I don't want, I want to find a new relationship of how we can be in a relationship of meaning that doesn't ask you to change or me to change and that you accept me for who I am and I accept you for who you are. My mother and I have a good relationship. It's not that it's bad. It's what's happened is that I realized um, some changes when I left my, when my marriage ended and how I've been trying to rescue and pull her along in my journey. I've wanted connections so badly that I would always bring my parents with me and I'd tell them everything and I'd want to share everything. And I was trying to heal my mom through my marriage because they're pretty much the same person. And, uh, and I realized she's not coming on board. And, but, and I have to be okay with that. And I have to kind of deal with that. And I have to stop pretending that she is coming on board. And I have to honor for where she is and not ask her to change. 
because you can't control anybody. And really just whether it be mourn that, honor that, find a new path. I think it's important. I was going to ask you, are you an earth sign by chance? Uh, no. <laughs> What's your birthday? Uh, I, my birthday is December 18th. Oh, you're a Sag. Okay. You're on the cusp though. Uh, you're a couple of days away from, from uh, Capricorn, but I wonder if there's some earth in your, in your planets. You were talking about, um, that you just sort of don't question, or maybe we come from a generation where we don't question. And I remember being like eight or something. And my mother saying, like, don't do that. And I'd say, why? And she said, because I told you so. And I said, that's not an answer. <laughs> like, I was very clear, very young. That's not an answer. Look, if you want to explain to me why, and I agree with you, happy to do it. <laughs> but I'm not just going to listen to you because I don't know if I agree with why you're telling me not to do this. Yes, you're my parent, but that doesn't matter. And like, that was my thing. I don't, because I told you so, because I'm your mother are not answers. And I'm not going to listen to that. Like, I, I definitely am a rebeller, but I never had anything to rebel against. Like, I never had to have, like, I didn't do a whole bunch of, like, things to my body or purple hair or whatever. Like, I didn't have, the biggest, biggest rebellion I did was I, I re rejected all of the attention on how everybody looked. So, in my junior year of high school, I wore my sweatshirts inside out and I didn't wear makeup. And I was like, I'm not playing this game. I'm not going to spend an hour getting ready for high school to compete with all these people about how somebody looks. Anyway, that was like my big rebellion. Those uh, were what could be seen as a little rebellion turned into great rebellion. And I often like to say the rebels were the cause. I've always, uh, it, it's weird. Like when you speak about rebellion and, and questioning, um, I did a test with a guy. He's a, a YouTuber. His name is Matthew Bigger. And he said, I think it'd be good if you did this archetype test. I was like, all right, I'll do it. Kept DMing it to me. And uh, it's two types that they give you. And the first type was a sage. And I was just like, okay, I'm not surprised by that because, you know, I typically like to function at a higher level. The second one was a magician. And me, I'm a person of faith, so I was like, I don't know if I like the way that sounds. So I was like, explain that to me. Is it the magician is the rebel? And I was just like, but not just a rebel in a bad sense, but like when they see everyone going one way, they go another. And I'm like, why is it that if everyone says, let's wear white, I'll come wearing baby blue? Not because I want attention, but I'm just like, well, why? So those questions, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just fascinated. While you were talking, I was just like, oh my goodness, I love this. <laughs> because to me, Rebels stand out without trying. I think like when you're trying to, if you, you know, you got your face all tatted up and nothing wrong with tattoos, um, right, but just kind right. of trying to draw attention for a reason to say, here I am, see me. That's a different story than this is just the way that your nature has manifested itself. This is just who you are, who you're born to be. And when you unleash that, powerful things happen and people are impacted. You talked earlier about uh, uh, church praise. You were joking. Um, but I want to read you something that I saw in the early part of your book about fitness, the second the second book, which you say is the first book. The Fit to Love book? Yes, Fit to Love, which is a lot of good stuff in there, folks, if you haven't got it. Um, it's a quote from Marianne Will Williamson. She says, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I? Who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You're a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. Oh, my goodness. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God within us. It is not just some of us. It is everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we are unconsciously giving other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates us. OMG, when I was reading that. <laughs> so I love the fact that you included that um, in the early part of, of your book. 
But tell me a little bit about what drew you to even include that and be inspired by that, just the way that you show up as we're just getting ready to close out here. Yeah. Well, what I talked about, you know, about being a leader or discovering that, and I had a therapist once that actually felt sad for me that I, my gifts and talents, like when I came to her, she said, you're gifted. And I, it was like a double-edged sword. I was like, I think I should be happy about that. But here's another reason why people are not going to feel like they relate to me. That's going to cost me more love and attention. People are going to feel whatever. And she felt sad for me that I didn't have that. I didn't have an environment to grow up in that could help grow that, that could help really nurture that part of me. And I said, well, I believe that we all choose our parents. So so I'm actually in the exact place that I chose. So we're all good there. Um, Carolyn Mace's work, sacred contracts. Like I did not choose wrong because I, I chose all this. So I'm literally living out what I've pre-planned here. Uh, but I also could feel her love for me to want to be nurturing those parts of me. And so I, I included that that quote, which has kind of been a mantra for me since I started my business, because I've never had anyone who could reflect back to me who I was. It's, I mean, that therapist was probably one of the first people. Then I have another healer friend who also, I mean, our first session, when she clicked into me and I didn't know her then, she didn't know much about me. I mean, the first words out of her mouth was, oh my God, you're so smart. And I literally like broke open like a, like a dam and just cried for the entire hour because everything coming out of her mouth was something I had secretly thought about myself, but would never dare say for the for the fear that someone would say, boy, aren't you arrogant? Boy, don't you think highly of yourself? And I thought, I'm never going to say that to anybody because they can't hear that. And I think it's true, but I don't have any proof of that. And so all of a sudden, this healer friend of mine, who's also, she's channeling and she's picking up on all this and she's saying all this and I'm feeling so validated. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not nuts. Right. And then having other people on the show validate other things that most people can't see. And I don't need everybody to see. It's not even about the reflection back. It's about the self-awareness and the acceptance. And so that poem, that speech that Marion Williamson gave has always been something I share all the time with all my groups, with all my clients on the show, in the book, because I want people to know because we have this really screwed up power struggle thing happening in life that we think, because then it comes out of a, a scarcity of love, abundance, money, attention, time. It comes out of this misbelief that there's only so much to go around. And that's not true. And whether it's God you believe in or Buddha or Jesus or, you know, law of attraction, universe, whatever, it's really all the same thing. Like there's an ample amount to go around for everybody. There's an abundance of love and well-being. But when we start thinking that if I'm shine, if I shine, I take the spotlight away from someone else. No, the sun shines everywhere and there are sunbeams going all over the place. We can all shine at the same time and elevate everybody together. That's how it works. But people will tell themselves for many different reasons, core wounds mostly, and other people in their ears, oh, I'm not allowed to celebrate myself or give myself this, mu this much attention or love or care or time or whatever you're looking for because someone else needs it. And as if it's you're taking a piece of a pie and there's nothing left. That's not how it works. So for me, I wanted to include that because people need to understand quickly that someone has to be the leader in, and someone has to show the way. If it's not been done before, someone has to do it to let you know it's possible. So is it going to, if it's not going to be you, it's got to be someone else. And if you can do it, why wait for someone else? Go be that light for other people. In fact, today on a Marco with one of my clients, she said, you're like a beacon to me. She's like, I'm sorry that I haven't been on here sooner to explain what's going on with me. I felt I didn't deserve it because I've behaved badly in a certain situation. And I was like, stop it. But it's that I think I've been able to get where I've gotten by shining my light and by knowing what that light is 
and to, and it's been able to be valuable to people as well as myself. It's healed me. It's helped heal others. And I think we all have that in us. We all have a zone of genius and a purpose for being here on the planet at this time. And if you don't shine it, you're, you're going to regret it. And you're, and you're also not helping all the people you could help if you shined it. All right, folks, the mic has dropped and it's so heavy that Thor will not even be able to pick it up. JJ, I feel like we're just getting started as we're closing <laughs> out here. And we definitely have to come back for a part two, but just know how grateful I am for you coming on here and really sharing and bearing your heart. So from my heart to yours, thank you so much. Uh, I'll be putting your links and where you can be found in the show notes. So looking forward to having another conversation with you and a follow up in the future. Thanks so much for coming to listen and speak. It's been an honor. We're at the end of our show and just want to thank you for coming to take the time to get into it with us over here at Listen Then Speak. We do want to ask that you would feel free to visit the website at www.listenthenspeak.com. Drop us off some feedback. And if you also want to be a guest on the show, feel free to email me at jmarsh1218 at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. I want to leave my guests with one thing. What is one thing that can help each of us to listen then speak and broach topics with our fellow man in a manner that is mutually beneficial? Feel free to join us next week. Take care, everyone. Grace and peace.